Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Wednesday, the 11th of May, and hump day from what is, has been a torrid week so far. Hopefully some stability today. We shall see. But as usual, all the information contained in this briefing is general advice only, so please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this briefing. If you need to, you can head on over to our website, marcustoday.com.au, and read the disclaimer there if you're listening on the World Wide Web, wherever you are in this wonderful world, on a podcast, of course. Well, last night... We had a bit of a mixed session on the US markets, a little bit of nerves creeping in ahead of that all-important, crucial CPI data coming out from the US uh, on Wednesday, their time. So once again, we did see volatility to the max in US markets. We had uh, the Dow closing down 85 points or 0.26%, 32,161, and 61. But let's put some context around this. That had a high up 506 points and a low of 358 points down. So that is a near 900 point trading range again for the US. So it does show that there's still some very nervous Nellies out there in the market, especially with this CPI number coming up. There is anecdotal evidence coming from business that the U.S. economy has already started to slow quite dramatically, and we are seeing those 10-year bond rates coming off as well. Uh, Down below uh, 3%, uh, down to 2.989%. So that is interesting. Uh, The the U.S. bond rate, that 10-year bond rate, was the kind of the enemy of the markets. And that was the reason why the markets were crashing, was that was pushing higher and higher and higher, calling into question some of the valuations on those high growth stocks. But now even the US 10-year bond is falling away as well. So interesting to see how the market reacts to that CPI number, which will be announced, obviously, uh, in the US tonight. Uh, NASDAQ up nearly 1%, 114 points, 11,738. So a little bit of positivity in the Nasdaq, and as usual, the S&P 500 in the middle for diddle, up 0.25%, 10 points, just sneaking above the 4,000 mark, 4,001, and as you would expect, the little bout of optimism creeping in, or at least, let's call it stability rather than uh, anything else, the VIX index fell 2 points to 33, down 5.06%, our SPY futures showing a loss of 8 points, or 0.11%, But we did have a pretty impressive rally yesterday. Uh, We did see the market at one stage down 170 points, uh, closing down 70 points. So there was a 100-point turnaround. Uh, It almost felt like an up day yesterday, uh, despite the market still falling around uh, 1%. In commodities last night, once again, we saw the oil price come under pressure. I think that's going to continue to come under pressure for all you oil bugs out there. 3.3% down, $3.48. 102.46 global growth concerns slowing that uh, oil price rise. WTI 99.76 down $3.33 or 3.23%. So we are seeing that oil price come down. And I must admit, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it back down towards 90.95 in coming weeks. Gold down again, $17.60. 
down 0.095%. 1841. But in Aussie dollar terms, it's still been holding up relatively well. So uh, that Aussie dollar being the shock absorber that I guess it needs to be in these kind of markets. So uh, the Aussie dollar also being a part of a shock absorber for the iron ore price as well. Uh, when you look at uh, iron ore at 150 and the Aussie dollar at 75, it's not much different from the iron ore at 130 and the Aussie dollar at 69. So just something to bear in mind when you're looking at commodity prices in Aussie dollar terms. They're not too bad. But we did see iron ore down another 1.3% or $1.72, 130.27. In other commodities, copper was down 0.15. Nickel had a rise, amazing, 0.85%. Aluminium down 0.1. Zinc down 0.8. Lead falling like the proverbial down 2.5. And tin down 5.01. What is tin used for? Well, it replaces uh, lead in solder for electronic circuit boards. So it's a very important commodity in terms of uh, global IT growth there. Mining stocks overseas, we had BHP up 0.6% in ADR terms. Rio up 0.2% in ADR terms. Freeport up one5 Alcoa up 3%. They did have a massive fall uh, the other day. Tech up 1.3%. Anglo down 0.4, Glencore down 0.7, Vale down 0.7, and Albemarle pretty much unchanged. That Aussie dollar at 69.37. Here you can see the S&P 500 once again trying valiantly, I guess, to close slightly off its lows, but uh, it was hardly a massive effort there. Um, I have to say that is the wrong chart from uh, the guys that put the charts together, so we'll move on quickly. Um, but stocks bouncing back in countdown to key CPI data. Uh, they're not expecting Chinese stimulus to save the global economy there. Uh, U.S. stocks, we did see those tech stocks better. Apple up 1.6, Meta up 0.7, Google up 1.7, Microsoft up 1.9, Amazon unchanged, Tesla 1.6, and Netflix up 2.6. Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was up 0.6 of a percent as we did see that 10-year yield in U.S. down below 3%. So that does help valuations of those long-term growth assets. U.S. banks, though, faring uh, slightly worse, of course, as the interest rates fall. Did I say that? Interest rates falling. Uh, J.P. Morgan down 2.4. Citigroup down 2.3. Goldman down 1.4. Wells Fargo down 2. Block up 06 uh, Joe Biden is weighing tariff cuts to fight inflation. I guess that would help on two fronts. Uh, it would also it would raise um, Chinese uh, the economy slightly and help their economy, which is uh, struggling at the moment from their COVID zero policy. And it would also help the U.S. economy by cutting the prices of some of the goods that they import. Bearing in mind that the U.S. economy is very much a consumer-based economy, and they import an awful lot of stuff from China. Now, Mr. Biden, um, of course, is uh, dealing with the, uh, the Mr. Trump legacy of putting those tariffs up, which really didn't make any difference at all, apart from putting U.S. prices up, which we are seeing, of course, part of the inflation uh, conundrum. U.S. analysts continue to take down their estimates for Q2 earnings, and Bitcoin has dropped more than 50% from its highs. It was down another 2.8% last night, down to 30409 and the Federal Reserve has warned of adverse surprises in inflation and interest rates could negative, negatively affect the financial system. Duh. 
And the San Francisco Fed economic uh, letter says, current recession probabilities over the next year remain low. This is partly what the market is concerned about, that the Fed, in its attempt to orchestrate a soft landing, actually produces a hard landing, and they get the altitude meter wrong and land 10 meters below the runway as opposed to uh, on the runway. And the Bank of England Saunders says inflation uncomfortably high. Policymakers should lean in strongly against it. And, of course, last night we had Prince Charles opening Parliament and laying out Boris Johnson's agenda for the next session. And uh, this was the first time in 200 years, I believe, that the monarch, the reigning monarch, has not opened Parliament, the Queen having some mobility issues. High-frequency indicators and company warnings signal economy may be heading into a hard landing. Again, uh, that hard landing being the major issue. And U.S. retail uh, gasoline prices hit new record high, $4.37 a gallon. $4.37 U.S. gallon in California, way higher than that as they have much bigger taxes there. And the CBOC, the People's Bank of China, pledges policy support for slowing the Chinese economy. But as yet, we haven't really seen much evidence of that. And China remains the outlier in a world of surging inflation, with Japanese household spending falls in March for the first time in three months. Looking at our market today, we have that minus eight on the SPY, but I think we might see some stability and we might actually try and uh, push a little bit higher, especially in those tech stocks, which turned around quite substantially yesterday in places. So it'll be interesting to see how the resource stocks react Bear in mind that that Aussie dollar falling below 70 has been a bit of a help for resource stocks in terms of uh, Aussie dollar pricing of commodities, which is what its intention is. That's why we have a floating currency, because it does take some of the um, the rough and tumble out of markets. But uh, we'll see. Looking at the market that most closely resembles ours, we have the uh, Canadian market, which the Composite Index closed 0.6% lower on Tuesday. It's now dropped around 9% from its record closing price reached on March 29. Didn't quite do the Easter fat and happy. It peaked a little bit before my fat and happy in Toronto. But uh, certainly their economy looks relatively similar to our economy in terms of being a commodity-based economy. So we should probably take heed from the Canadian market, but certainly has fared far better than the U.S. market. Ten-year yields in the U.S., 2.99%. Australia, 3.56%. Still quite elevated. Would expect to see maybe that come down a little bit uh, in the next few days. Germany, 1% still. In Europe, stock 50, up 0.8 of a percent. FTSE, up 0.4. CAX, up 0.5. DAX, up 1.2. That is a relatively strong day for the European markets, but not as strong as futures were pointing to at the open. So uh, once... Again, like the U.S., which saw its rally fade as the uh, the day wore on, so did the European markets. And the Energy Information Agency, according to its May short-term energy outlook, sees U.S. spot price for LNG tumbling next year. And PushPay results in line this morning, announces an internal restructure, and it's going to reduce its income tax expenses. It moves from being a, a New Zealand domicile uh, company for tax purposes to a U.S. operations as they get most of their, pretty much all of their revenue from the U.S. This is obviously a faith-based church donation uh, online application. Judo Bank reaffirms guidance and Magellan has appointed David George as CEO and MD. 
this is an interesting move. We'll wait and see how the market reacts to this. But certainly uh, the rudderless ship that was Magellan has uh, been trying to right itself with that sale of GYG, uh, Gomez and Guzman, and uh, now David George being appointed as CEO and MD. Coinbase, crypto uh, trading app, shares fell hard after Q1 revenue missed estimates, and farmers are throwing away avocados. There is an avocado glut at the moment, so uh, maybe that's mirroring the, um, the young people in their avocado toast and not being able to afford houses because they're eating too many avocados on toast. Now they can afford their avocados, but they can't yet afford their housing. But not good news for Costa Group, which of course is one of the biggest avocado producers. AGL, the CEO has queried Mike Cannon-Brooks' endgame in this one as AGL continues to push ahead with the demerger of good AGL and bad AGL. And Brew, which is a craft brewery facing a restructure after heavy losses. BEE is the stock code there, 0.9 of a cent. You get the feeling that uh, the restructure is going to be very costly for shareholders. Gold Road, GOR, has purchased stakes in DeGray, Dacian and YRL, which actually um, kind of mirrors the DGO investment. So that's an interesting move from them. Question of the day, simple one. Are we there yet? Is the market now finding that support? We certainly found it yesterday around uh, 7,000 on the uh, ASX 200. So are we finding some of that support creeping in? And certainly one of the reasons why the market has tanked has been that US bond yield and the 10 years, and that has come back under 3%. Ours still 3.56, so that gap has opened up substantially. Are we going to see that gap narrow? Uh, And given where our inflation is at 5.1%, take note, Anthony Albanese, um, 5.1% is the official rate. Uh, yet we've got interest rates in 10 years at 3.56, whereas in the US we've got inflation at 8% and their inflation or their bond rate for the 10 years at under 3%. So we may well have overshot the market somewhat in our 10 years and that may offer some support for valuations if it does come off. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have As always, your thoughts, ideas, and insights there. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, wherever you are, you can listen to other three wonderful streams of Marcus Today Consciousness, the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is the morning meeting podcast, on the desk where the team in Melbourne talk about things that they are finding interesting in the finance world, and my On the Couch podcast, where I talk to CEOs and fund managers. And this week, I'm talking to James Hawkins from L1 Capital, who runs the Catalyst Fund, which is going to be very interesting James, one of the smartest guys around. So thanks very much for listening and have a great day.